0: Oh, oh, Hey, what's up, everyone? Drew here, and I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for checking out our podcast, 108 North. This is the college podcast for First Baptist Statesboro. And I want to take a quick moment before we dive into the episode to say uh, if you happen to be a college student in Statesboro, whether you're going to Georgia Southern, Ogeechee Tech, or something in between, you're looking for a community and a church to plug into, we would love for you to come hang out with us at First Baptist. We're downtown, big church, 108 North Main Street. May look a little intimidating from the outside, uh, but we would love love for you to come and worship with us and to learn how to grow. We're all about equipping and making disciples. So we have worship services at 8.30 and 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And in between those at 9.45, we have a college gathering, uh, Bible study that we'd love for you to come join and hang out with. And then if you can't make that for some reason, on Wednesday night, uh, we have a college large group gathering that gathers at 6.30 as well. So love for you guys to come hang out with us. If you want more information, there's notes in the show notes and details and links, uh, and you can always reach out to me. So hope you're having a great day. Thank you for listening on with the show. Hello everyone, it is Drew here. I'm the college pastor at First Baptist Statesboro, and this is 108 North, our college pastor. I hope everyone is doing well and things are going good and uh yeah we're just trucking along the semester is well underway now and uh we actually kind of have the end in sight if we're honest Uh, i know that fall is here it's cool outside the fair is coming into town Uh, not too long from now, we've got, uh, after that Thanksgiving and then finals for all you guys and Christmas and a million other things, which feels like they're very far off and very near. We're very much in the middle of it, if we could say that. And so wherever that may find you stressful or not, maybe you're a senior stressing out or maybe you're coasting along or maybe things are going well. I hope you're doing well. We have been going through the book of John this semester on our Sunday night services, and this podcast has been us going through and kind of briefly talking about what we've been diving into on our Sunday night studies. We're looking at the gospel of John, and uh, gospel means good news. Uh, And ultimately, the gospel of John looks at Jesus, who Jesus is, what he did, and how other people interacted with him. And we think, and I really do believe But if we look at how Jesus interacted with people, how he talked to others, how he spoke, what he said, how people reacted to that, we can understand the heart character of who Jesus is. And then we can see the heart and character of God. Jesus is God in flesh. And that sounds crazy, I realize, to a lot of people. But if we believe what scripture says is true, and if we believe what Jesus says and does, then everything Jesus does points us back to something that has a major impact on our own lives. If we know who Jesus is, we have a better picture of seeing everything clearly. C.S. Lewis, which is one of my favorite authors, <clears throat> says it something like this is that he believes in the sun not only because he can see it, but because he can see everything by it. And I think that's accurate for us as well. We can understand ourselves and our world only correctly when we see it through the light of the world who is Jesus. So with that in mind, let's look at a very interesting interaction of Jesus. One of my favorite, I might add, in the Gospel of John, and it's another other Gospels as well. But before we dive into that, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been very, very thirsty? And listen, I'm from Georgia in, in the south, so it gets real hot down here for better or for worse. And there's not much better when it's blazing three digits hot <clears throat> than a very cold drink of water. Maybe you've been parched because you've been hiking or you're playing some kind of sport, or maybe you're just doing yard work, or maybe you're just walking upstairs and all of a sudden you realize you're really out of shape and you're very hot and sweaty now. But sometimes, if we're honest, we can get really, really parched, get really thirsty. And if Coca-Cola would tell us anything, it's Sprite and Coke would be the most refreshing things in the world. And I can maybe give some validity to that. See, here's the deal. I've spent a decent amount of time in Panama Uh, The country, not the city down by the beach, not the redneck Riviera. But Panama, the country, and it's pretty hot down there. Nearer to the equator, full of jungles, tropical weather. It's beautiful and blistering hot. The heat seems to just cling to you. And I have this memory one day while we were down there, uh, working with some churches and and playing with some kids, playing soccer, which, again, I'm terrible at that, but, you know, it was kids. They were still destroying me. Uh, And I remember our guide looked at me, and he was just like, oh, it's hot. I need to go get me a Coke. And I was like, yes. But let me tell you this. Coca-Cola in South America and Central America is on another level because it has real sugar still in it. Now, Coke's good here too. Don't get me wrong. Again, I'm a Georgia boy. So I love me some Coca-Cola and Pepsi can go die. But here's the deal. Nothing beats a real sugar Coca-Cola in the middle of the day in Central America. It was quite honestly amazing. Me and my wife actually hit it off in Honduras on a trip, and uh, we uh, have a pretty funny story with Coke, uh, Coca-Cola, that is. Uh, We ended up going into a store, and me trying to impress my wife uh, went in and ordered some Cokes, and she didn't know any Spanish, and I don't either, but I kind of faked it like I did. Uh, And uh, the lady said something, and I acted all confident, only to turn around and see her pour them into some bags for us to drink out of, uh, which was a whole thing in and of itself. Nothing beats a really cold Coca-Cola in the middle of a hot day. Here's the deal, guys, and why I bring that up, ultimately, is that we are all thirsty for something. And the story that we see today in John 4 points out this fact in reality. I don't know what you are thirsting for and what you're striving for, but some of us, that ends up being experiences or people, maybe a particular person or a position maybe power or some kind of material thing that you think if you get, it will fix this problem, whatever that problem may be. See, we have this story in John 4 that has Jesus going to Galilee, and he has to go through this place called Samaria. And culturally at the time, that was a no-go. But Jesus goes straight through and stops outside of Samaria. And uh, stops at a well in the middle of the day because he's he's hot, hot and parched. He needs some water. Understandably so, all of his disciples go into town to get resources and stuff. And obviously, this is a desert area, so it makes sense for that. And then Jesus meets this woman. This is what John chapter 4, verse 7, picking up the story, says this. A woman of Samaria came near to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink? from a Samaritan woman. She asked, For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God, and who is saying this to you, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Sir, the woman said, You don't even have a bucket, and the well is deep, so where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us from the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I give them will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I give them will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty again. Now, right off the bat, let's be honest, it sounds like a pretty sweet deal, some water that makes us never get thirsty again, because we've all been thirsty before. Not to have to worry about that would be kind of awesome if we're going to be honest. But here's the deal. Jesus meets this woman in the middle of the day and asks for a drink, and to us here in 2021, it may seem a little odd because that shouldn't really be that big of a deal, but there's a lot of cultural stuff happening here. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, Jews didn't travel through Samaria. And that was a big cultural reason, and we even see that in the story. The woman's kind of shocked and surprised that Jesus is even, A, talking to her, and B, for sure asking her for a drink of water. See, the Jews hated the Samaritans because they were a mixed breed. They worshipped God, but they also had false idols in their worship as well, and Jews really didn't like that. More so than even that, really devote Jews would just make a massive trip around to not even... Avoid or get near Samaria. Think of it this way if uh, the middle of Georgia, let's just say Macon, uh, is Samaria, and you need to go from South Georgia up to Atlanta, they would go to Savannah, then to Atlanta to avoid middle Georgia. No uh, shade for Macon, by the way. It's probably a fine place. But just to kind of give you a, cont- a context, it was not just like uh, easy or simple to go around. Beyond that, men didn't talk to women alone culturally at the time. So Jesus was doing all sorts of strange things. And we talked about Nicodemus the last episode. And it's interesting too, because this conversation ends up being very similar to his, but completely different people, right? Nicodemus was one of the elites of people of God, a Pharisee, influential, wealthy. And here we have a woman of Samaria, who's an outcast, powerless, poor, uh, and mixed race and really, really not somebody who had much to offer at all. But here's the interesting thing. Both of those stories point back to this, that they both have a need that only Jesus can answer. Here's the deal, guys. All of us have sinned. All of us have messed up. And there's nothing we can do about that at all, whether we have our acts together or we don't, whether we're the biggest mess up in the world or the most saintly person in our school, Or friend group. See, this woman is looking for something, just like Nicodemus was looking for something, just like you're looking for something, just like every single human on this planet is looking for something. And what we're looking for, Jesus has. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks this water, this is verse 13 of chapter 4 of John, will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never get thirsty again. Jesus answers once this woman asks where to get this water from, asking him to go call her husband back. And uh, she pretty much straight up says she doesn't have a husband. And Jesus makes this statement in verse 17 that you're correct in saying this, you don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and here the man you're living with now is not your husband. Automatically, she picks up on the fact that Jesus is a prophet. That there's something special about him. All of a sudden, he knows all this about her. Beyond the cultural weirdness of the fact that, you know, he's talking to her, asking for a drink, treating her kindly and with grace, he also knows things about her that she's not even said to anyone. And ultimately, points to this true reality that he has what she's looking for. See, this woman has gone and tried the marriage thing multiple times it's not worked out she's coming to get water in the middle of the day which is not common to avoid other people and all of this points back to who jesus is here's the deal guys jesus is pointing out in this story that we have a desire a design that only god can fulfill yet we're always getting that wrong and looking for it in other places This woman is so convinced and so wrapped up on the material need of being not thirsty and not having to deal with the shame of coming out to get water so people look at her and judge her and do all this other stuff. When Jesus knows that fixing that's not really what's wrong, that there's a deeper, bigger issue here, a spiritual issue. That oftentimes all of us have this deep longing for something that we're trying to run after, whether it's a material thing or a person or anything else. And we think we know what's best. We think we know it will make us happy. We think we know the way. And really we don't. I had a friend the other day say something interesting to me about a song, no matter how good it is, if you keep playing it, it kind of gets old. And this is true, right? There are songs that when they came out that you loved, but the more you listened to it, the more the radio played it, the more you did it, the more you started to hate it. Why is that? Why is it that everything in this world ends up being that way? That the things that you love, if you lean into so much, they won't satisfy you. Ultimately, it's because it's idolatry. We're looking for something in those things that they were never meant to give. See, the only way we can find the satisfaction for our souls is in Jesus. Jesus is the living water. He is life. And we see that in this story that he is offering a solution to this woman's problem. That's much deeper than just the surface level. See, here's the deal. God's not opposed to your pursuit of happiness to some degree or your satisfaction. He's actually quite for those things, but he made you the way you are and gave you the desires to seek after the real happiness and the real satisfaction, real joy. And it's only found in him, not in stuff and people and material things but only in the real living water, the real source of life, Jesus. Here's the deal, guys. Jesus met this woman where she was. He was kind and full of grace to her, and yet at the same time, full of truth, telling her exactly who she is, but also calling her to something greater. The story ends with Jesus telling her who he is, the Messiah, Savior. She goes and tells her whole town, Her life is changed in a moment. The reality is, if you talk to Christians, this is the same story for all of us, that we were looking for something, and then we found Jesus, and everything changed. So my question for you guys today, whether you're listening on the podcast, you're driving your car, you're in between classes, or you're just stressed out, is this, what are you thirsting for? What is the thing right now that if you could just have that thing, that person, that career, that job, that thing that you thought this would be it, and everything would be good? And let me ask you this question. Is that Jesus? Or is that something you are wanting that's going to let you down? Because I promise you this, only Jesus doesn't change. Only Jesus can fill our soul. Only Jesus is that well that never runs dry. Jesus is life. And so we're looking for it probably in all sorts of wrong places. I know I do sometimes. Sometimes. And it's a constant fight to come back to that. So my encouragement to you is to run back to Jesus, trust in him, drink deeply of the life of the living water who is, he, who is Jesus. And know that those other things, even though they may be good, were never meant to give you satisfaction and peace in your soul. What are you running for, for those things? And would you be willing to lay him down and run to Jesus instead? Praying for you guys, hang in there. Peace.